Hey guys, this is Kathy Oliver and Jen Baines, and we are the Flower Girls. So Jen, today mm-hmm. we're going to delve deep into the history of cannabis in America. You ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. All right. So did you know that early colonists grew hemp for textiles, rope, paper, and sails? But you know what I think is really cool about this? Is that every in 1619 every household was required? Did you hear me? Required to grow at least a hundred hemp plants to provide the government with an expert product, which totally like fries me because. So we grew it back then to help the government. Now the government's saying, "Nope, can't do it. Mm-hmm. Can't use it. Prohibition mm. <laughs> required." And what about evolution too? Here we are. How many years later? Why? Why did that way get back. taken away? Why? What happened? Who needed to make money on that? <gasps> oh, well, let's move forward then. Oh, so in the 1830s, Sir William Brooke O'Shaughnessy, Irish, you think he was a doctor oh. from Ireland, mm-hmm. studying in India, and he found that cannabis extracts could help lessen stomach pain and vomiting in people suffering from cholera. Wow. And his big quote at the time, of all powerful narcotics, cannabis is the safest to use with boldness and decision. Wow. I did not know that. So similar to cancer, like cholera. See? Yep. See, I, you're seeing some parallels here, huh? Yeah. So actually, here in the U.S., uh, in 1850, the, the first pharmaceutical companies... Um, used or I guess started selling these cannabis tinctures. And in fact, in the late 1800s, extracts were sold in pharmacies, doctors' offices through U.S. and Europe for stomach and other issues. So it started out definitely as medicinal. Yep. Like we think of it as recreational weed. I know. But no, it started out as medical cannabis. What have we done? What did we do? I'm curious what happened that made that change. Well, let me tell you. Okay. So um, the U.S. was not used, it was not used in the U.S. for fun, really, until the early 1900s. So actually, it was introduced by immigrant workers from Mexico. They introduced it as a recreational um, pastime, I guess we'll say. Yeah. And at the time, it was really horrible unemployment and social unrest, which really added to that, the growing resentment of the workers, kind of us versus them or them versus us. And then the whole social unrest, it just added to this growing resentment of the the workers and, of course, their love of this weed, which the public saw as the evil weed. Right. Dun, 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 dun. Like the totally natural one. Right. Yeah. It's inexpensive. Which was talked about in the Bible, right? Last episode was talked about in the Bible, but no, it's the evil weed. So move forward a little bit. 1930, the Federal Bureau of Narcotics was created. At that time in 1931, 29 states outlawed cannabis. Hmm. Reefer Madness. Oh, my favorite movie. Have you seen that? Actually, I've never seen that movie. Them dancing in the... Oh, it's awesome. Really? It's a classic. And, you know, it's just like watching They Live or Elysium or Reefer Madness or any of those movies, Idiocracy. You know, it's just... Once you educate yourself, it's very, very interesting. 
See, when you think when you said cult classic, I immediately thought of Young Frankenstein. I Not, know. You know, oh, it's a serial killer <laughs> interest you have in your program watching. <laughs> I, just, I don't think you like being stuck in the box. I think your programming is I'm getting out. Okay. That could be. Yeah. Anyhow. Okay. Moving so, on. Yeah. So, actually, no, I, I really never did see that movie. It's worth it. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did so you really see it can't... in college class or something like that? What college? What college class did you take that they showed *Reefer Madness*? I went to a few schools. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know. I went through the wrong program. Maybe not like logic and critical thinking. Not like a class like that. But I mean, I don't know. It's just it's discussed when you're talking about um, in a class that. See, this is how long it's been for me that you would talk about prohibition and well, like sociology you would, yes. right so yeah. right i can see that. your major so you have seen the movie can't you i don't you have maybe i just don't remember <laughs> i taught it uh, <laughs> it's because you have reefer madness see, they're and right for madness they're all they right. Were right they're brainwashing so uh, i think i saw it more probably more than once in a class like that where like really? prohibition would be discussed and why something might change from um Alcohol stills, you know, moonshining, bootlegging, and then, you know, versus, oh, look, here's immigrant workers. This wraps right up into our plan yeah. to move that aside, and maybe we could just, we'll make more money here. Yeah. I think I've caught on to that one pretty young, hmm. like in my, you know, community college class. I was like, <laughs> oh, ding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just, you know, it, it, it it just doing all this research for this, you know, s- starting with, and my faith is very important to me. So starting with that, it was, it's talked about in the Bible no, to evil. then moving forward to like, man, excuse it. Here we go again. You know, man just tends to take over and it never really tends to work out well. Yep. So then moving even forward, like, so the Marijuana Tax Act passed in 1937. So it, that act actually made it illegal to cultivate, possess, use, transport, or even sell cannabis. So you can even speak it, basically. Yeah, they tax you when they're serious, man. Yep. And then the Controlled Substance and Substances Act, wow, say that three times fast, of 1970 repealed the Marijuana Tax Act. And this, actually, you would think, oh, it repealed it. That's a good thing. No. What did it do? It made it into what a Schedule One drug. So I'm laughing because I just keep thinking like a dandelion is a controlled substance. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing at how stupid it is. I know it's like oh, it's growing in the yard. Oh, that's a control. No, no, it's exactly like everything else that's happening in the world right now. Wait, you're not saying it's growing in either one of our yards, oh, right? It's gonna grow in mine. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. No. But it's on my list. I mean, anything that grows in my yard has to be tossed and hopefully <laughs> rain and sun is going to help it grow. So I take volunteers in my yard. So, but you know, I think, see, I think this was really kind of the, um, the turning point, right? Because you think a schedule one drug. All right. Well, how bad that get? Can that be? But the other drugs along with that, in the Schedule One category is heroin, LSD, ecstasy. Oh, and the worst part is when it's classified as a Schedule One drug, then that means there is absolutely no medical uses for it, and there's a high potential for abuse. And it's often referred to as a gateway drug, which we know, and which 
is why we're doing this. We're trying to get that out that that's false. Yeah. That is a false narrative. It is not heroin. No. No. No, I don't, I, w- I don't, you know, again, have the appropriate experience. To, I'm not going to have a conversation. I, but I just, it's you know, I just said the dandelion is the controlled substance, <laughs> is right. the commercial for this other idiocracy thing. I can't. And I'm very conservative. It's a, still a medicine. It's yeah. a completely a medicine. So mm-hmm. it can't be a me- It's a medicine first. So right. I don't know who mislabeled it as a controlled substance, but it's always been a medicine. Right. You, you can stick 99 cents on a Ferrari all you want. But you can't get out the door with a 99 cent sticker on that one for me. No, like no, I totally agree. It's a medicine first, yep. so you can put, so you can say it's whatever you want, but it's actually a medicine. Well, you know that's interesting. Just a little side here is, um, I don't know if we said this before, but so my son Bo, Bo. had Ewing sarcoma. Um, it was diagnosed in 2012 and went through the various cycles of the chemo, the radiation. It went away. It came back. Ultimately, we started um, using medical cannabis. Yeah. Right? For the nausea, just like the cholera I was saying. Like you innately know, and everyone knows this is true, it's going to help with nausea. And when someone's in a situation where anything you know, will help. You are going to try to relieve someone's pain, especially, you know, that you love or, and, um, it works for nausea. Oh, it works in so many different ways, but just the fact that, you know, you can't, it can't be seen as the medicine that it is. So then it makes it it hard to get, but it It makes it hard to work with, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's hard to get your doctors on board for it. Kaopectate works for nausea. (laughs) That's a medicine. It's a medicine. I think there was another way I was going with that. Sorry. Sorry. Maybe I'll come back to that. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So in the seventies, we're moving forward through time. UCLA discovered that cannabis um, actually treated, worked really well when they treated it patients with it, with glaucoma. And in 1978, Robert Randall, because remember, at this point, government said this is not good stuff. It cannot be used. It has no medicinal purposes. It's way up there. That's that Schedule One classification. It's a bad, bad drug, right? Mm-hmm. So, but in 78, Robert Randall, a patient associated with UCLA, sued the federal government for the right to use it for medical purposes. Yeah, that's cool. And this led to the Compassionate Use Investigational New Drug Program. Yep. I think somebody else has to come up with new names. That's really... How do you put that on a name tag? And it's compassionate, but it's hard like to it's say. Like it's like a t-shirt. Yeah. Acronym. Anyway. That's so cool he yep. actually won, and the government started sending him joints for free. Where did they come from? Well, that's a really good question. And you know what? I'm going to have to look that up because I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Actually, no. Um, well, I do they know that. It. I do know that they do. because they you know what, it. Ole Miss, right? That's Ole right. Miss. That's what I'm saying. Yep, I knew it was something. So he was actually Randall was the first American to receive it. Now, unfortunately, in 1991, that program, that specific program, was closed to new pa- to new applicants. But the current patients at the time were allowed to continue receiving receiving the government supplied joints. So we mentioned <laughs> Ole Miss earlier. So Ole Miss is the only institution that was granted a government contract. 
So they provide the standardized cannabis to researchers all around the country. And it actually remains the only federally legal source of cannabis in the U.S. I'm going to get an Ole Miss t-shirt. I know. And wear it all <laughs> I around. I feel like we Smile. should. <laughs> I, you know what? Maybe there's a Smile whole... Smile without my mask on so Life. everybody can see me. <laughs> oh, wear your Ole Miss oh, stuff you're getting proudly. Miss, you're getting Ole Miss socks for Christmas. That's what I'm going to catch you. You know, I, I think there's maybe a line of uh, clothing there. Yeah, I love we'll it. I like the this. idea. Um, do they still do... What is, they don't do it anymore? No, they actually are. Oh. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So... Um, when I was doing research for this again, this one guy kind of stood out to me. His name is Urban Rosenfield. So at age 10, he was diagnosed with multiple congenital cartilaginous ectosis, which meant he had bone tumors all over his body. The tumors, as he aged, those tumors multiplied. And of course, you can only imagine that pain had to have been excruciating. Yeah. And he had had, by the time he was a teenager, he had multiple surgeries. So he graduates from high school, gets to college, and guess what he tries? Yeah. Weed. Yep. And what's it do? Probably help this pain. It helps his pain. That's absolutely right. Because it's a medicine. So he's been actually a member in this program for over 38 years. So this guy, good old Irvin, which he's my, my homeboy. Yep. He's been in this program for over 38 years. He smokes 10 joints a day. He gets these monthly shipments free of charge from the government. Each tin has 300 joints in it. Wow. But all kidding aside, this has actually kept him alive. He has over 200 tumors in his body, Yep. but he's still going strong. But, you know, despite the fact that this program was started for the reason of research, the government has never published any outcome. They've never talked about Urban. And look how well he's doing. Yeah. And he's not the only one. Nope. But nothing, nothing. Oh, so I do remember what I was, I was talking about with Bro. So, you know, we wanted to do this medical marijuana, and everybody was like, oh, no, no, no. But you know what they were suggesting for him? What? Marinol. Do you is know what Marinol? Same? Yes, my friend. Marinol is when the pharmaceutical companies yep. get it and twist it up and I make know. it into something what that's not have? real. My friend, when my friend was... um you know, at the end, she was taking Marinol, and we were talking about it. And of course, you know, also we were we talked about it. We were like, "What's it, how does it feel different from?" She's like, "Oh, it's kind of the same." Or, but my thought was, like, what do they add to it? I probably never did get to research that. Or you know what? I don't know. That, honestly, I don't know that I want but, to. I don't trust big pharma. Well, Let's just put that so out there. So, what's the difference? Then the dandelion, right. and then why right. pick the dandelion out of the ground, walk it all the way down to the laboratory in the warehouse, have them pour, you know, blom, 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 a whole bunch of 18 syllable things on it, grind yeah. it up. While staring it yellow. at cages of poor beagles and bunnies that they're going to test uh, right. it on. No, thank you. I'll just let me That's try the dandelion out of the ground. Thank you. <laughs> Pass. Sorry. I don't want my eyes to bleed and all those other things. I said the last There's episode. an image you can't get out of your mind. I'm sorry. And that, no. Went, went a little dark there. No, I'm sorry. Uh, well, but, um, you know, how did the Marinol do? No, it, I mean, it. all right. So it, I can't say that it didn't help at all. Yeah. But I, what we have found with every prescription, you have to take another prescription for the side effects. Oh, when, yeah. You know what? It, it did not work nearly as well as That's the good true. stuff. Yeah. There are always side effects. Yep. So, um, 
But in the end, an independent study of this program showed that several decades of smoking government-issued pot was a good thing. And all the patients are doing well and taking far fewer, far fewer pharmaceuticals. Okay. So... And when was this? What was this year frame here again? Yeah. So let's see. It was back in the 90s. Wow. So like yeah. 25 years ago. Yep. Yeah. 35. Yep. I mean, you know. So, you know, so move up a little bit. 1996, the Compassionate Use Act. California became the first state to legalize marijuana for medicinal use by people with severe chronic illnesses. Mm-hmm. So as of today... Um, medical states, Arkansas, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Hawaii, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, Missouri, New Hampshire, New Mexico, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Utah, and West Virginia. Ooh, congratulations. Then, absolutely. Woohoo, big cheer. Medical and rec, Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Montana, Nevada, New York, Oregon, South Dakota, New Jersey, Vermont, Washington, Washington, D.C. Big round yeah. of applause. Woo. And, okay, thumbs Ooh. down, prohibited. Alabama, Ooh. Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Nebraska, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Well, I won't be vacationing there. All right, so we went through all the states, all the thumbs up, the two thumbs up, and then the two thumbs down, right? So we're good with that. So, Jen, mm-hmm. I have a question. We're going to end with a trivia question. Ruh-roh. All right, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> you sure? You good? I don't really like trivia. I all right. You guys keep dragging me. So what do you think are the two leading countries in medical cannabis research? Mm. The United States of America. I love that answer, but no. Oh, I, don't, I actually have no idea. I would say maybe Sweden or I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a, <clears throat> or a, I don't know, agricultural Costa Rica. I have no idea. All right. Well, I'll tell you. Israel and the Netherlands. Israel? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're there, huge. They what are, are the, huge. the research? <clears throat> yeah, in, in medical cannabis research. I mean, they are. Israel well, has been like leading edge for a long, cutting edge, leading Israel? edge for a long time. Yeah. Huh. Which again, I think ties That's back strange. into the biblical, right? right. That's what there they you must go. know something. Telling you. All right. But, you know, mm-hmm. Canada and the UK are up there. US? I don't even think they make the darn list. Why? Again, because of the schedule and classification. Classification, because remember that classification. What did it state? There are no medical uses, so it can't be true. It can't be researched. The United Fakes of America. Yeah, uh, that's wrong. Have you but sigh. other countries don't have the same classifications. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna research. See, that. even my dog is upset about that. Right. I'm gonna research that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Why would we have classified that? And just out of curiosity. That's interesting. So, all right. So I think that wraps it up for today's episode. So, Jen, thank you as always. Yep. It was really nice to come over. (laughs) And, um, of course, we'd love you to stop back by again. Wow. Every time. Every time. Last few times. I only know one joke. I know one joke. It's a good one, though. It's a good one. All right, guys. We'll be talking about the plant next time. Have a good one. 